Alexis, I have a spoiler. Okay. Nobody dies in this episode. <laughs> That's a good point. The, it's one of the only episodes without a dead body or an attempted murder. I guess, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of people kidnapped and there are a lot of threats. But, but everyone gets no, let like, go, like on purpose. Yeah. Nobody like yeah. has to escape. Spoiler alert there. Spoiler. Um, Even more so, and this is another spoiler, but this this will come up a lot along the way because there are a lot of references, but the main antagonist is a serial killer that we're chasing. Right. But they don't kill anybody in the episode. And is this our first serial killer? Well, I guess the I guess the 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 fire inspector, fire inspector Dan. Nope. That was the the guy who didn't die. I don't think I don't Which he qualifies as I think that's a spree killer. I mean, it it was mm. Well, I feel like it was a serial he what two or more two mm. or more murders with the cooling off period. I would say that he was a he was a serial killer back when he murdered all of the And then he was a serial arsonist. Right. When he was covering it up? Right. Failing to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this wasn't our first serial killer, but I think we just need to get started. It's showtime. This is... To, to the, the Blueberry! blueberry! I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. And we decided to start a Psych Rewatch podcast, so we had a good reason to chat with one another once a week. It's worked out wonderfully so far. Perfectly, in fact. Uh, Even when we take weeks off, it's still super fun. (laughs) We're usually in contact in some way. (laughs) Right. At least saying, hey, we're we're not recording this week (laughs) because of this or that, but um, we are at the end of season three, and this is a big episode. This was a big season. I was looking back at our episodes. They are so quintessential to the essence of this series in this season. They they just, like, it really became, it really became everything that it is. I think this season, it really got its, like, footing, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, agreed. Like, it, it hit its stride, it knew what it was doing, and now we're good to go. Which is why this episode is full of guest stars. It's wonderful. We get recurring guest stars. We get some new ones that will recur. Right. It, it's very exciting. Um, what's this one called, Alexis? Ah, right. This episode is season three, episode 16, An Evening with Mr. Yang. And I was, like, this many years old when I realized that every season except the last one has 16 episodes. Well, I think the first one might've had 15, but I always assumed because so many weekly shows of the time had like 22, 24 episodes in a season Mm -hmm. that there's only 16. Yeah. USA never really caught on to that. Like full season. Cause they always did like the mid extended mid season break. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, at least it's consistent. I was just like, huh, I never realized. I will say that when I did my watching for this episode, there was stuff that I didn't remember. 
Like, there were parts about it that, that, I, that immediately were like, oh, yeah. But, like, I didn't realize that the episode didn't start with a flashback, which it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. No flashback. N- not at all. This, this episode. But we do um, open to a, a introduction of Gus of, my name is Sean and this is my partner, Trapezius. Trapezius. Milkington. Trapezius Milkington. I love that one. Um, he would like to see something in a Belgian waffle. <laughs> I had to rewind Guess that. Guess what not. That's a wonderful line. That's a beautiful line. I um, want to go to a restaurant Gus- and say that. Gus is over it. It's 1230. He wants nothing to do with breakfast foods. But Sean is adamant. We get a whole scene of how badly he wants someone to recommend something weird and breakfasty to him at 1230. Which she does. Um, that is, um, how about a pumpkin, how about pumpkin pancakes with a side of cod? Lingcod, which is similar oh. to cod and halibut, but is a, is a different fish. I looked it up because <laughs> I was like, is that real? <laughs> oh, and then he asks her on a date um, because why would he not? He doesn't even ask her on a date. He says, let's get married. Oh, that's true. And she's like, you don't even know me. And then he psychs out a little bit and he says, okay, Jetta girl, maybe green. Backseat filled with empty pink berry cups. <laughs> um, she drives a black Jeep. She's very proud of it. But he's dead on with the pink berry cups, which is a yes. froyo chain. Gus comes back and he's like, dude, you have been using the same routine on waitresses. Yeah, it's so tired. And it's like his move and it's sad. And he thinks Sean's still going to be 80 and trying to do that. Sean's like, you know what? Fine. Or no, no, he doesn't say, you know what? Fine. He says, all right, Hitch, you want me to take a chance? You want me, you want to see some will hunting in action? He just says will hunting action. Yes. So will hunting action? Oh, no, I did put in. But yeah, some will hunting action. Um, (laughs) And so Sean picks up the phone. And Gus is like, what? You call in Jules? That's also tired. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. And it's Abigail. Abigail from season three, episode one, the reunion episode. She is at a school where she is a teacher, which we learned about her in that past episode. Oh, and right there, square on her desk. I think think that's our only pineapple of this episode, right? That's the only one I saw. I wasn't looking super hard. There's so much this episode. Um, But Sean uses her full name, Abigail Lightar, and introduces himself as Judd Nelson. (laughs) Because he wore a Judd Nelson picture at her at his uh, reunion. Also, it comes up this episode, so pin. Um, She's like, dude, we have too much history. I think this is a bad idea. But they did kiss for, like, 27 seconds. Yeah, and Sean says he does want to take her on a proper date. This this comes up a mm-hmm. number of times, the whole proper date idea. Um, and Gus and Abigail are both asking, are you sure? You sure are you sure about this? You're, you're serious about this? He says, yes, I'm sure. I'll be in the back corner booth. I'll be the one flaring my nostrils uncontrollably. Yeah, he says, hopefully in a corner booth. Okay, so much from this scene mm-hmm. comes back That's later. the essence of this episode, though. Oh, yeah. It just, like, yeah. set up, knock down, set up, knock down. 
we get a quick cut to SBPD and Buzz is walking through the precinct with an evidence bag. And there's a very tense vibe, there's tense music. He hands it to Chief, she flips it over on her desk, we see a yin-yang symbol, and Chief says, oh God. Or, oh God, no. Yeah. Is it, oh God, no? She is just straight up oh. scared. So then we, I, I wrote, we get a walk and talk with Sean and Gus. I wrote to the psych office. We don't actually nope. see the psych office, but we're like in front of the pier. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where we are. It's a walk and talk. They're heading towards the psych office. Um, Sean is like gloating about asking Abigail on a date. And he says, how do you like them apples? Which is also a Goodwill Hunting reference, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Have you not seen Goodwill Hunting? It's so worth it. For nothing else than Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. Gus is like, dude, I think you're afraid. I think you might be messing with Abigail. I don't want you doing that. She's a nice girl. Yeah, he says, I hope you're not just doing this to prove a point. Sean gets a phone call. It's Chief. And all she says is, get down here now. I'm not asking. That is not a request. Ooh. Ooh, it is on. It is on. So we're back at SBPD. They uh, have, like, the note. They have the note that came in that envelope projected, and it is from the yin-yang killer. So I have pictures of all of the notes from this episode because I could not oh, write, I them, all write down. them down. All I got was, but I guess pictures. who, guess where, guess how. Lassiter thinks that the killer is calling him out. Yeah, it says, hey, everybody, I'm back for one night only. I'm going to kill someone. Guess who? Guess where? Guess how? This is going to be so much fun. Signed, Mr. Yang. Now, Lasseter thinks it's him because the Yin Yang killer had a serial killer time back in 95, killed six Mm -hmm. people. Since then, they have come out of retirement twice each time killing only one person and challenging uh, a new detective or, or crime solver to stop them, um, giving them a chance to, to save the person. Someone and, that, the, uh, that, that Yang thinks is a worthy opponent. And um, so Lasseter thinks it's him, but there's a PS. Oh. And it, it looks completely different <laughs> than the rest of the note. It says, oh, and bring your psychic along. Sean's like, that could mean anyone. And then the next slide is the picture of him from six five, 65 million years. The whole episode. Zippy. Zippy the dinosaur. Was it Zippy? I don't know. I said it with a lot of confidence. I, I was hoping you'd just roll with it. We get our credits. And when we cut back, we're still in the SBPD conference room. And Gus says, what do we have as a description? And the ch- chief is like, uh, nothing. Like, we've never had anything. This is his game. And we just have to go along. Sean comes back with... That, that's proven to be such a, a good plan in the past. Buzz keeps coming in this episode just to interrupt and get Chief on the phone. <laughs> and apparently the mayor's on the phone this time. Sean's like, oh my goodness, I can see it. I can see it. I can see who the killer is. He's over there. And he points at this guy. Um, Jules takes him aside and says, that is Mary Lightly. He is the profiler from the Serial Homicide and Abduction Task Force. He's very familiar with the patterns. And he's a genius. Mary knows a lot about um, all serial killers, but definitely Mr. Yang. Um, Mary is fantastic. Jewel says that Mary is very familiar with patterns, and Sean says, and how to make a very lovely lamp from human skin. 
Jules tells him to play nice because he's a genius. And Mary apparently already knows Sean. He tells Sean it's so nice to meet you in the flesh. He did his research. Mary's my favorite. (laughs) Sean introduces uh, Gus one more time as this is my partner, Sterling Copper. It might be Sterling Cooper. Oh my gosh, Mary. Mary. I love Mary so much. He offers Gus a handshake, but it's not really a handshake. A limp handshake. (laughs) He puts his hand out like a lady (laughs) expecting a man to kiss her hand. And Gus just sort of like weakly touches the tips of his fingers and shakes them. It's the best. Um, This is where we find out more about about the yin-yang killer. And um, and the the long and short of it is uh, they have to solve the riddles. But Sean wants to know more about Mary. And so Mary kind of gives him a quick background. But also, he guesses, is Mary short for Marion? And he just gets a no. <laughs> <laughs> long story short, yin, yang are opposites and complementary. Light versus dark, dark, villain versus cop, Kramer versus Kramer. That's a Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep film. <laughs> Sounds very depressing. I looked it up and I've never seen it. Uh, they're in a divorce, right? Yes. Well, that's one of them. It sounds hideous. They, they go back and they start examining the riddle more. I got it. <clears throat> it is on a telegram postcard looking thing. And it says, She serves the general well today, whose soldiers wait to die. In a white river they shall pay. For them she will not cry. Who is she? And there's a stopwatch attached to, it, attached to it, and it has a timer for one hour and ten minutes. Oh, Lassie thinks it's a military reference. And it's like, Buzz, go check that out. Well, he says McNabb because he's uncool and will not call right. him Buzz. But um, Mary says, this is for the psychic. So he, it needs to be from his perspective. Also, think about the last 24 hours. Sean walks up and kind of stares at the riddle and then goes... Okay, can we all just agree that his rhyming skills are terrible? Rudimentary at best. <laughs> I wrote weak, so I like all those answers. <laughs> Henry enters the SBPD, and he is serious. He knows what happened to the last detective who went head-to-head with this maniac. Yeah, he actually interrupts Chief, ending her call with the mayor. Um, and he tells her, my son is not a pawn in your game. Chief also knows what happened. Uh, they did not solve the riddle and an innocent girl died. She tells Henry he needs to proceed with caution because she doesn't know what's about to fly out of his mouth. But this is exactly what she told Laster in the last episode. Quote, proceed with caution. It's a thing with her. I like it. She said, listen, Sean is the only shot we have. And then Henry leaves because he doesn't care. And he manhandles Sean and tries to get Sean to, like, listen to him and leave. This is one, uh, this is the first of many asides that we have throughout this episode. Sean's reaction to that was, I thought bring your daddy to work day was next week. (laughs) Basically, Sean will not back down from this. But Henry forbids it. And he says, but he says every, this guy knows you. He knows about everyone that you care about. He's watching everything. Here's the thing, though. Can we agree that Sean is basically a child? No. <sighs> <laughs> okay, for the sake of my argument, can we agree that Sean is basically a child? 
Sean is a cartoon character, but fine. What? <laughs> okay. If you're ch- if you're a child and your parents say, "I forbid you from doing that," what do you want to do? But it's a exactly puzzle. Exactly what was forbidden. No, it's a puzzle. Exactly. He's a puzzler. I can relate. It's like it's not the it's not the it's not the danger. It's not the risk. It's not the it's the mystery. It's the unanswered question. Well, Sean's answer to him is not uh, super helpful for this argument because it said, I'm not 27 anymore. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) And then he gets, Chief cuts in. She says, 55 minutes, Mr. Spencer. And it's unclear who she's talking to because they're both Mr. Spencer. This is true. But Sean gets serious and he says, go home, dad. I've got this. Like, go home. They're back in the squad room and... They start trying to make connections, but... But Sean says, Sorry, my dad was just dropping off my Zodiac DVD. (laughs) Which is important for a couple of things. It's another serial killer reference. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Simpson, who plays Mary, was in it. That's beautiful. Isn't that cool? (laughs) I love that. They're they're talking about, like, things that happened in the past. And and Mary said, no, it's never a repeat performance. And the first... Riddle is always a gimme. Always a gimme. Yeah, so he tells Sean to think about the last 24 hours. He actually kind of like shouted and cut off Lassiter. It was very impressive. He was like vehement. But um, Sean thinks for just a second and he goes, oh my God, Gus, I got it. The soldiers are the cereal in the river of white, which is the milk. General is General Mills. It's the waitress from this morning. Yes, so they go back to the restaurant. And this is where we learn the name of this restaurant, which is Captain Ron's, which I also took as a reference to the Martin Short, Kurt Russell movie. Okay. Cool. It's a comedy. It's zany. Um, the hostess oh. is clueless, and we never get the waitress's name. Did you clock that? I didn't. But listen, when they walk up to the hostess, Lassie pulls out his police badge, Juliet pulls out his police badge, and Sean pulls out his little laminated badge that Juliet made for him. That was unnecessary because they came in hot with sirens blaring, and they walked up, and that freaking hostess went, Welcome to Captain Ron's, Party of Five! (laughs) Okay, oh my god, that was two references. Party of Five was a show. She's so dumb. (laughs) But he pulled out his badge, which means he carries it with him. Of course he carries it with him. He's me. I made myself a press badge in high school and carried it everywhere. I love it too much. (laughs) It's so great. Okay. I forgot about that. Although I think we've also talked about that before on this podcast. Yes, yes, we have. Anyway, Sean asked about the waitress from earlier. She has long, dark hair. And the hostess says she hasn't seen her in a while. Maybe she's on break. And they're like, where? And she goes, in the back by the lockers. The lockers are outside. This is a weird joint. Yeah. the um, One of the lockers has a yin-yang symbol on it and what looks like blood drooling down from it and a new stopwatch hanging. And they have 18 minutes on that stopwatch. Lassiter opens the locker and we have another note. It is written in serial. Okay. Once we know who the killer is, like because I watched this twice in a week, Mm-hmm. You hear every note in the killer's voice. And it's wonderful. Like, the writing is great because yeah, it fits. Okay, so the note goes, Oh, rat, Sean, so close. Too bad she has to die. But how and when and where? 
don't bother asking why. And it's written in, like, alphabet cereal. Mary's eating sardines. And uh, feels like he's taunting them. Sean says, the message in alphabets, this means so much. It, it clearly means he also feels strongly about the breakfast for lunch idea. The whole concept. Breakfast for lunch is clearly underrated. Um, you couldn't do this with a burrito. Or he challenges someone to do this with a burrito, which he knows they couldn't. And then we get another aside with Gus. Now I want a burrito. I feel that. <laughs> um, Gus is like, why are you making jokes? There is a girl missing out there. Someone's about to die. He also says, you haven't taken this serious from Jump Street. Another TV reference. We get a lot of buddy cop references in this episode, too. I love that you caught all these, because I didn't catch a ton of these, Kay. Girl, there's so much. There I wrote down oh. everything. Um, Sean said, listen, the minute this guy gets into my head, I I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I have to keep it light so that I can do what I do. I have to diffuse the tension. Do my thing. Uh, and he needs Gus's help. So Gus is like... All right, right, I got you. Like, that's logical. Like, you can't let this person get in your head. So, Lasseter finds uh, uh, the next riddle on receipt paper. And it's like baseball themed. Yeah, it says, Little League is over. You just became a pro. Score a run. We'll have more fun. Make sure you beat the throw. Um, Mary's like, that's a new location, and we have 17 minutes to go. Sean is like, Wow. And it gets kind of serious. So Gus goes, I want pancakes. Who wants pancakes? Whipped butter? Maple syrup? What? what? <laughs> he says butter. It killed me. Um, um, Lassie's face is priceless right here. <laughs> Sean's like, I got it. Home plate. That means we need to go back to the station. Jules prompts Sean. She goes, the, the riddle, the um, score run, that, that insinuates a close play. Beat the throw. That all of that, it's like very technical baseball, sports ball stuff. So then Sean is like, home plate. You have to touch home plate to get a run. And uh, Sean gives Gus a thumbs up for his pancake reference. <laughs> um, we get back to SVPD and Madeline is there. Sean's mommy. Hi, mom. And we have a mama side. Sean tells Gus to go help find the clue because it must be there. And Madeline takes him aside and says... Your father called me. He's very worried. He wants me to talk some sense into you. She is actually also very worried about his psychic state because she um, reviewed the guy who went up against Yang last time. I think one of the original guys who was involved in like the murders in 95. Yeah, his psychic state. I don't know if that's really what she said, but that's what I wrote. She did his psyche bow. Why did I write psychic state? Because Sean is psychic. Because I'm my, my brain was making those connections. <laughs> Sean says, it's fine. Like, I have a date tonight. I got to get this guy. It, it, he, you know, it, it's going to be fine. Nobody ever got this guy before because this guy never went up against me. I will beat him. I can nail this guy. She, they get this moment where she goes, Sean, and he goes, Mom, <laughs> I can beat him. I will beat him. And then she tells him to go for it. Okay, Goose. I love that she calls him Goose. Yeah. Because he was the best character in Top Gun. She goes, you nailed this guy. We go into a room, a conference room at the SBPD, and there's a big old box. 
Sean leaves the aside with mom and this random person who we don't know just sort of like fans a file at Sean in the hallway and goes, Sean or Spencer conference room or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I would have loved to be that person who just got to say like four words at Sean Spencer as he walked by. I always (laughs) wondered where you were going with that. I was lost. I want to do, I want to be him. (laughs) Uh, No one knows where this box came from because it was just left outside. Yeah, it was left in front of the file room. Like nobody had to sign for it. Lastly says it wasn't delivered. Dobson found it outside the file room. So we even get a Dobson reference. In comes Buzz. Someone's on the phone for cheap pick again. <laughs> I think, isn't it some reporter who says she owes him a statement? Yep. She says, oh, I'll, give I'll give him, him. a statement. <laughs> so Mary opens this package and it's a rat in a cage. There's a, a stopwatch and a note. The rat's name is Ben, which we find out a little bit later. But instead, I just wrote, it's Ben, because I knew it was. So there's, okay, there's a lot of references about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's play out a little bit more of the scene because then they'll all make sense at one time. The watch says one hour and the note says, meet my little buddy Ben. Pitter patter is your hint. If you can't remember when, just read the fine print. Juliet and Gus, Juliet's like, uh, can you speak to it? And Gus is like, of course my man can do that. Step back. Lastly, he calls him, okay, Dr. Doolittle. He goes, Sean, note. okay, knock yourself out, Dr. Doolittle. And Sean says, you can do better than that, Lassie. I know you can. Sean isn't getting anything from Ben. Um, and so Gus does his best partner thing. He goes, hey, everybody, guess who I am? <laughs> and he starts dancing and uh, making other Michael Jackson noises. And he even does like the little head bobble. <laughs> then he goes, I'm Michael Jackson, king of pop. One of Michael Jackson's first singles was called Ben. ben. It was also, the theme from the movie. Ben. <laughs> Sean sees something and then opens the cage. And then Mary scoops up little Ben the rat. And Sean says, thanks, Willard. From the movie, Ben, about rats, main character's name, Willard. Uh, uh, Sean is like, you know what? I got this. Mary takes the mouse and then Sean starts like moving all of the stuff off of the off of the bottom of the cage and they find a newspaper. And the newspaper has a bunch of hints in it. It's a bunch of classifieds in the quote-unquote fine print. We get a Adam Hornstock selling black snake will go fast. Adam Hornstock from Cloudy with a Chance of Cloudy with a Chance of I almost said meatballs, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mira Gaffney. Seeks Bruton Gaster. Which is an ongoing bit. (laughs) To love her tender. And Mira Gaffney was um, Gus's wife in the There's Something About Mira episode. Then there was some reference to Bouchard's treasure that I didn't catch. Oh, Mary says, these are all old cases. Um, and he goes, like I said, I've done my research. He says, he says Bouchard, so weird. He goes, Bouchard. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure was very impressive. And he, like, he's just like giving Sean kudos. That's when he says, thanks, Willard. That's what. <laughs> uh, somebody calls Sean snarky. Not sure who. Oh, oh it's the z- newspaper. Oh, okay. It says, <laughs> snarky psychic seeks pharaoh equinologist for 
something about a smile. What's a pharaoh equinologist? Gus says, I'm one. (laughs) It's It's a a train train enthusiast. enthusiast. And Mary says, I am also a pharaoh equinologist. (laughs) Of course he is. (laughs) So Gus goes, love her tender. A tender is a, a, a fuel car behind the engine. Sure. And then Mary says, black snake is a slang term for a coal train. It's a train. And there's only one coal train that comes through Santa Barbara. So we all head to Golita Station. Where they're waiting because a train is coming, but oh, it's not stopping. This is a pull-through station. And Lassie's like, what the heck does that mean? And then Sean's like, let's go. And they start running. <laughs> it's like we're hobos. He goes, he goes, come on, Gus. It's just like our fantasy. Like we're hobos. And Gus is like, I don't have any hobo fantasies, Sean. <laughs> Abigail calls Sean while they're running and Sean... You know, no big deal. Let's answer the phone. He says, hey, we're still on for tonight. I may just need to push the time a little. And she, she's 100% sure he's bailing. Yeah, she's like, uh-huh, yeah. And why is that? What are you doing? Chasing a serial killer or something? As a matter of fact. Oh my god, I can't believe you're bailing on me again. And he's like, wait a second. And gives Gus the phone. And Gus said, or, or Sean so was like, Gus, tell her what we're doing right now. And he took the phone and said, we're chasing a train like hobos. <laughs> Abigail says his hard breathing and acting is terrible. He was terrible in Othello senior year and he's terrible now. He's bad actor. This is making her think about high school where she was standing alone on the pier looking like an idiot. I just know that they, they're like, oh, we got to go. And they hop up on the train. Not before he goes, and you look beautiful on that pier. They get up on the train, and there is a new envelope with a new sticker. Oh, stopwatch. Oh, and a, and new, a new stopwatch. And a new sticker. Um, so then Sean dumps it all out. There's a whole bunch of pictures in the envelope. And then Gus is like, what do you see? And he's like, nothing yet. Actually, I do see something. It's pretty good. You might want to take a look. Oh, it's Mary. He's, he's Mary running, running to catch up. He's adorable. This is the only blonde man allowed. Um, he's like, help me up. And they grab him and they pull him on the train. <laughs> Sean's like, I wasn't thinking that you were going to make it, man. Also, what took you so long? And then we get a, I'm wearing ankle weights. I always wear them, even when I sleep. I saw it in Men's, men's Health. Men's I read fitness. about it in Men's Fitness. Totally reinvigorated Ryan Reynolds' career. Gus says the watch says 27 minutes on... Listen, hold on. Daily, there are a pair of ankle weights sitting next to me right now because I 100% wear them when I work out. I believe it. I believe 100%. Ah. We, missed, we missed the part in the first scene where Gus goes to the bathroom uh, to get away from Sean flirting with the waitress and Sean tells him, or tells the waitress, don't worry about him. His bladder is probably smaller than yours. <laughs> and I just wrote... Alexis. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. So, Gus says we have 27 minutes. It's on the stopwatch. Um, oh, the Sean riddle. Like, have we read it yet? No, we haven't read it. Long and short of this is something about a moving picture and that there will be a phone. And uh, they Moving need a- picture worth a thousand words. Something read the store and follow the birds. P.S. Once you're there, you'll hear a phone and you have eight rings to pick up or the girl is dead. Shame on me. That didn't even rhyme. 
Sean's like, moving picture, moving picture. And then he picks up all of these random pictures that came in the envelope, kind of throws one out, and then um, starts starts flipping them. It's like, like a flip a book. Flip a Rama book. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Gus's hand throwing away his gum wrapper earlier on our walk and talk towards the psych office. Ah, we gotta go. And there are a few parts in this very dialogue heavy episode where it's just like, action, action, action. So we're running, running, running back to the trash can that's right by the psych office. When they see the trash can, they're like, the birds. And they follow the birds and they end up on the pier. And when they're on their pier, they hear a phone. And there is a man um, sleeping on a boot bench, and uh, he has on a blanket that has the yin yang single symbol kind of like smudged into it. So yeah, so Sean grabs the phone that's taped to the underside of the bench, and then everybody's like, "Oh, good, you found it! That's five rings! Answer, answer, answer!" And Sean is like looking around desperately, and he won't answer, and he's like. He's been watching us. And then it rings again. And they're like, answer it. And, and then he like holds it up. And then he tosses it into the ocean. Lassiter goes, if that girl dies, you're an accessory to murder. Which I don't think so. Cold, but Lassie, cold. Jules goes, I hope to God you know what you're doing. Sean looks and he sees something reflecting in the psych office. It's like a mirror light signal. And he just runs. They get there. They're looking around. And uh, Sean finds the binoculars sitting on a chair at the window where he saw that reflection. He was watching them the whole time. Sean gets really mad and like pushes something over. I think it's the rolly chair that's right there. Um, And Jules is like, don't touch anything else. And Lester's like, yeah, get someone in here to dust for prints. And Mary's like, he... Probably touched stuff. He probably touched everything. But you're not going to find any prints. He's too good for that. Lassiter's like, what is up with this admiration you have for this sicko? Sean is still thrashing around and like punching stuff on the desk. Mm-hmm. He's like so upset. And so Gus is like behind him just like at the shelf. And he picks up this little plane. And he's like, check it out, everybody. Look how big I am next to this plane. <laughs> I'm like King Kong. Ooh. <laughs> and Lester just goes, what is going on with you, Guster? Sean gets a chance to take a deep breath, and he and we zoom in on some pictures. The first picture is Sean in front of the psych office window. The second picture is Gus in front of the psych office window. The third picture is a picture of little baby Sean and little baby Gus. And the last picture is the girl tied up. Who we still only know as the girl or the waitress. Like, what is her name? One of them grabs the picture, Mary grabs the picture, breaks it, and notices that there is a a note on the back of the picture. And there's a whole bunch of beeping that starts happening right there. There's another stopwatch. Um, And Mary says, oh, the message says, naughty boy. So Yang saw what happened and is like, tisk, tisk, tisk. And Sean is like, you know what? I'm out. That's it. That's it. But Mary's like, listen, he still wants to play the game. The girl is still alive. No one's ever come this far. But um, no, he is too good. Sean's like, I'm not going up against him. 
He said, Mary, I appreciate you and everything you've done and your weird Ken Burns haircut, but he's going to kill her either way. And he's just taunting me with it. And I'm not playing his game anymore. Juliet's like, you can't give up. That's not what you do. And Sean just retorts and he's just like, you know what? Oh, you can get out. No, he said, tell you what, Jules, next time a serial killer calls you out, pick up your pom-poms and rally the troops and never say die. I'm out. Never say and then die. he says, yes, never say die. <laughs> but he also says, get out. And then Jules just can't believe it. And I think she says, I just can't believe it. And then he goes, well, then I sh- should I say it louder? And <laughs> Laster says, screw you, Spencer. We'll do it ourselves. Some real police work. Blah, blah, blah. Gus comes up and he's like, dude, I can't believe it. Like, I know you're so upset, but giving up? Gus, don't be the last famous international playboy. We're not giving up. He goes, we're changing the rules. We're, now that we're off his radar, we can really dig into this our way. They have to backtrace all of their step from, steps from today. Let's go. So back at SBPD. Oh, hold um, on. Hold on. I love this line. As they're leaving, Gus goes, you like what I did with the King Kong? And Sean said, I love it. You're even using props. You're on fire. (laughs) I do love that part. Now we're back at the SPPD. And Buzz says, we just got this fax. We traced it back to a bogus 800 number. And uh, Mary says, could be for anyone. Because they're being watched. So they know that Sean has quit. Um, And they read it out. I didn't write this one down because we didn't get a picture of it. And I didn't get a picture of it. Yeah. Basically, it's it's a whole lot of war references, 1863, stuff like that. And Lassiter's like, it's me. I'm the one that they're calling out. I'm the Civil War buff. Yeah, something blah, 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 Stonewall Jackson. He's buried elsewhere, but his left arm is buried on the battlefield. And I just wrote blah, blah. And then Mary says, hey, did you ever see Patrick Swayze in North and South talk about Civil War buff? <laughs> I love Mary. My I love kind of Mary. Man. He's the spiciest. Juliet um, realizes that it's probably the Stonewood Hotel, probably room 1863. Yes. And, so, and then she said, and you can count me in for next year's reenactment, partner. Oh, God. They're such dorks. I know. I love <laughs> So Sean and Gus are back at Captain Ron's, and they're looking around, and Sean says, oh, my God, her... Her car's not here. There's no Jeep. And then um, Gus has to get out his phone to call Lassie because apparently Sean's not doing that. Uh, He just put his phone away, though, because he was calling Abigail again to leave Mm -hmm. a voicemail again, begging her to call him back. He thinks that Mr. Yang probably took her car because it's missing. And so they're going to go try to find it. But um, Lassie already found it. It's at the hotel. The Stonewood Hotel. Stonewall. Stonewall Hotel. Because <laughs> of the Civil War guy. <laughs> right. But the girl is also there, and she is alive. Yeah, room is clear. She's okay. Um, there's a paper that's calling out Sean. Yeah, it's stuffed in her mouth, and it's, a, it's another riddle that starts with, Stakes too low to make you stay. And then Sean immediately finds a purse, and he looks up, and he's like, they took her. They've got my mom. There's a yin-yang symbol behind him, like, on the closet door or something. 
it's just like made out of her stuff. It's super creepy. Yep. It's so, ugh. Oh, and the, one of the dots of the symbol is a baby picture of Sean. Baby Sean, who we didn't see this episode in the flashback, so it's nice to get a picture of him a couple of times. Uh, they are going to send officers to check on Abigail. Um, she's fine. And so don't worry about her. But um, there was another note left for them on the mirror. Yeah, Lassie calls them in. There's a riddle in lipstick. That would take a lot of lipstick. That's a long riddle. True that, boo. Um, I didn't write down the whole thing, but it says something about, and um, you're just sitting there, enjoy the view, spelled V-U. And then Gus goes, oh my gosh, Brendan Vu from the Spelling Bee episode. Right. Um, and Sean psychs out back to the newspaper they were looking at where there was a cinema view, V-U-E, but the E was crossed out. And he's like, good one, Gus, but it's another misdirect. They are uh, at this theater. It's a drive-in theater. And Mary goes, this is like finding a needle finding a needle in a haystack when the haystack is made completely out of needles. Which I don't get that reference, but it's a good sentence. I know it's from something. Yeah. um, But I couldn't remember. So there are a lot of trivia facts about this scene because apparently there's a lot of like significant pop culture cars. Um, I saw a couple of references to the Starsky and Hutch car, which is another like crime solving buddy Uh cop thing. And then also the Columbo car, the Puget or Puget or whatever it's called, is supposed to be in this scene, mm-hmm. which I have a, a lot of little portraits of Columbo on my wall near my psych portraits. So That's I appreciate wonderful. <laughs> uh, they're um, they're thinking that Yang probably grabbed mom uh, in her car. And so they're like, well, what does she drive? But it's a rental car. So they're trying to narrow it down. They're like, what company does she usually use? But but Sean psychs back out to when he was talking to her in their little aside and he saw her little tag. So he at least knows that it is a blue sedan. Uh, Sean, they all start kind of running. Sean literally jumps on cars to try to find this blue sedan. People are yelling at him. And I know that's a reference to something too. It reminds me of something. I don't know what it is, but I found it weirdly funny in this tense moment he sees a rental car that has a plate on it that says that it's a rental and then he sees maddie inside yeah madeline is in the car her mouth is taped and there's a sign on her that says mommy says please don't squeeze henry comes running up and uh so they're both there and sean Sean tells him to get down yeah so henry's hiding beside the car Sean sees this, like, like laser pointer in the back of her head. And so he turns, and a lot of people are noticing it, and they think it's, like, a laser sight. So they run off to the projection room to try and find it. Sean psychs in further. Like, he's got, like, telescopic eyes. <laughs> and he can see that it's, like, just, like, a propped pen against the window. So he just, like, ignores it. And he takes the tape off Maddie's mouth. And I call her Maddie because Henry calls her Maddie in the scene. Um, off his mom's mouth and she's like it's a decoy and he's like i know but there's a blinking light in her popcorn on her lap and he tells henry that she's strapped um and he asks his mom where the killer is and she kind of looks over with only her eyes so sean looks up into a couple cars over and sees 
freaking Ali Sheely. Okay, okay, okay. This would have been his 80s girl. We're talking Breakfast Club, War Games, Short Circuit, and St. Elmo's Fire. Like, we've already gotten some references to these movies. Like, especially Short Circuit and The Breakfast Club. Like, uh, come on. She was in The Breakfast Club with Judd Nelson, which calls back to the Judd Nelson reference. Yep. Okay, so I'm trying to think back if, because sometimes during during this series, we would get like, you know, commercials. And next week, our big guest star is this person. I don't think we knew who this was. I don't think we knew that she was going to be on this episode. And so we just look up and we see her. I think Jimmy Simpson was in like the trailer for this episode. Yeah, but we did we didn't know first of all that that Mr. Yang was going to be a woman, and and definitely not that it was wasn't going to be her. It it was a big oh god, it was so big. And then like I think I think my husband was shocked when he looked over and he saw that there was like a person he recognized in the show. <laughs> um, she holds up the trigger and waves it at him, and then like kind of shakes her head for him to come over. So Henry is still at the blue sedan with Madeline and Lassiter and the SBPD are busting into the projection room and they're like, what the hell? And, um, <laughs> uh, Oh, they see the that projectionist. it's a pen laser. Yeah. And the projectionist is knocked out, but he's okay. Again, no one murdered. <laughs> um, but they're like, Mary, what's going on here? And he's like, this doesn't feel like the game. This feels like improvisation. Mary said that he's been one step ahead of us this whole time. And then they have and, a moment of, where's Sean? And they say, hopefully one step ahead of us. So, Sean is because he's getting in the car with the serial killer. And she is like, are you shocked? Is it because I'm so much prettier than you imagined? Okay, her... Her whole vibe is so, like, playful. So, like, like, she almost baby talks a number of times. She definitely baby talks one time. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a really, she's, she's creepifying. Yeah. When we find out Mr. Yang's entire story, so much more makes sense about this scene. They really build on this well yes i think they really round things out spoiler alert it's not the last time we see mr yang okay i won it's over let my mom go she's like you're just the best you are so brilliant and she's like singing his praises and sean okay this moment i noticed so much in hindsight so he's like i'm flattered i'm your yin she doesn't answer him. She makes a non-committal sound. Yep. I noticed the exact same thing. And I also noted that. So I feel you, Kay. Uh-huh. So then Sean says, uh, you're surrounded. What, what's, what's the end game here? What's next? Yang's like, um, this movie, I love it so much. It has a great resolution. I love a solid ending. I like to complete things. What's more satisfying? People really want to feel complete. And she's like, so how does our story end, Sean? Do you want to guess? Do you want me to tell you or do you want to be surprised? This is when he motions for SWAT to stand down so that they back off and she like 
stops touching the detonator. Uh, Sean's like, I think you want to die. Um, You're such a cliche. Yep, but calls her a knockoff. And then Yang's like, oh, I really want to kill your mom, but I won't. Because I want you to like me. And she makes this point of like, I've been threatening to kill people this whole time. I could have easily done it at any time. Um, I would love to push this little detonator. And this is the baby talk. She's like baby talking the detonator and how, how light a touch it has. And, and she's like, yeah, I want you to like me, Sean. Oh, she's like, um, okay, we're going to be together again. I'm not going to die. I'm going to write a book. And I want you to write the foreword. Pass. And then, um. She says, why don't you think about it, though? While you're on your date. She, she says something, and I forget where it is. About the corner booth? Yes, the corner booth. Yeah, it's back when um, she said, people really love a good resolution. They love to feel complete. Well, that and a corner booth. I I can't believe I cut you off. I'm so sorry about that. (laughs) No, no, it it was back there. It was just like, yeah. Like, and it still hasn't clicked for him. It, how do, it still hasn't clicked for him. <sighs> so, on your date, so she also knows that, and then she gives him the detonator. And then she laughs, mustai- like, maniacally. And then he leaves the car, and everybody else clear, and his mom is okay, and Henry bundles her out of the car so fast, and they hug, and then they load Yang into the back of a cruiser, she cannot stop smiling. Oh, it's so creepy. And they drive her away. And, and Sean is just psyching out the, the voiceover of her being like, on your date. Uh, and he realizes that Yang has been there every step of the way all day long and starts, re- starts seeing her in his, back, or in his flashbacks. Not only did he hear, or did Yang hear him on the phone with Abigail talking about preferably a corner booth, she was sitting in a corner booth at the time. And then she was in a uniform lurking at the SBPD because she delivered the, the, the rat herself. And then she was a maid at the hotel. And then she was in their psych office watching them. And like, she was at the pier taking pictures. Yes, yeah, because that's how she got this right. throwing away the thing. So she had this planned out so far along ahead because oh, there was something that I was like, she did this days ago. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was, but I, I, I thought of it in the moment when I was watching a mm. part of this episode. Sean is freaking out. He's like, how did I miss her? And Gus, Gus basically just says, like, dude, take the win. Yeah. Mary comes by and says, congrats. He's just like, congrats. Don't be too excited there, Mary. Yeah. Gus is laying on the sarcasm thick, but Mary goes, sorry, I didn't mean to fly off the handle. (laughs) Um, Mary feels kind of empty now because all that he's been doing is tracking Mr. Yang. For the last 13 years. I need a new hobby. Two words. Racquetball. The captions is one word. It is. I saw that too. (laughs) So I laughed out loud. Um, Mary says, uh, that just might do it. And then he offers Gus a, or he offers Sean a limp handshake, which he (laughs) takes and then says, till next time. He wiggles his finger. (laughs) Yay, next time. 
Um, we get Henry and Madeline on a on a bench. She's wrapped in a blanket. Um, he's consoling her. They're having a moment. There's a little smooch. Yeah, I wrote sweet kiss and confusion because they yeah, are they both, both like look... this face. <laughs> this shock, like, did that just happen? Sean runs up. Let's get you out of here. What can I do? Uh, you did enough. <laughs> you already got me kidnapped by a raging sociopath. And she's like, no, seriously, I'm I'm fine. Henry kind of pieces out so that Madeline and Sean can have this moment. She's like, you did good. And now it's time to go and see about a girl. About a girl is another Goodwill hunting reference. Yes? Yeah. Time to go and see about a girl is a Goodwill hunting reference. And it is delivered by a person who's being a therapist, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst. Which, so it's funny that it's coming from Madeline, who is those things. It's uh, so cute! Sean so responds, how do you like them apples? And then he tells her, well played. In comes Abigail to the movies. I'm assuming that she had been brought there by Buzz, but I'm not 100% sure it was him. Yeah, because they had a watch on her to make sure that nobody threatened her because she means something to Sean. And then Buzz is coming around a cruiser and she's walking away from that cruiser. So he brought her to the movies. And she's and like, she... did you really just catch Mr. Yang? It's like, I'm sorry I didn't believe you when you said you were chasing a serial killer. I just really didn't. They are definitely still having their date, and Sean's only response is, how do you feel about popcorn? She says, I like it. I like it very much. Which I think is a callback to the first episode we met her in. Mm-hmm. He's in He's in the concession stand, which I could not figure out was called a concession stand, so I called it a snack shack. And then I was like, that's very clever, Alexis. (laughs) I hate this part. I hate this part so much. Oh my, I had, like, I almost wrote it down word for word because I I couldn't not do that. It's, it's such an intense scene. Take it. I can't do it. It makes me sick with anxiety. Here we go. Here comes a very pretty Juliet. And uh, Sean goes, Jules, what are you doing here? Uh, I mean, who's going to fit Mr. Yang with her straitjacket and iron mask? With a face grill, which is a reference to some other... Hannibal Lecter. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, tries to break the tension by offering her a Necco wafer. What the heck is a Necco wafer? Uh, it's a little sugar wafer. I don't know. They're not fantastic, but they're worth having once if you find... If you see them, you should buy one and you try it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Julia takes the floor. She walks up and she's like, dude, I was so impressed with you today. Um, But I'm not as good with words as you are. I know that things between us have been a little complicated and that there have probably been some mixed signals, mostly from me, with regards to the time that we spend together outside of the line of duty. And Sean, like, tries to stop her, but she cuts him off. And she said, what I'm saying is that I think maybe the best things, the richest things, aren't supposed to come easily. And that sometimes the moments that make the most sense happen when everything else doesn't. And well, I think you deserve more than popcorn tonight. And she grabs his arms. And I just want to pause there for a second because I was like, woo, Julia, get it. But that's not what she was talking about. Um, She said, so why don't you let me take you to dinner? And Sean looks over her shoulder, probably at Abigail, and said, Detective O'Hara, are you asking me out on a date? She said, yes, a proper date. And he goes, wow, 
all this time, and your timing is just awful. And Juliet breaks her smile. Wait, what? He goes, just, it's dreadful. She goes, really? I'm on a date. Right now? (laughs) Juliet uh, remembers Abigail and goes, oh, the one that got away. The one that got away. There's this very, like, long cheek kiss, followed by the statement, get out there. She's not going to wait forever. Pause. He looks like he was just punched in the stomach and well, stopped hold on, hold on. breathing. I have to go back it. to, before we move there, I have to talk about Juliet's statement. Get out there. She's not going to wait forever. Was that her saying, I'm not going to wait forever? That was her saying, I waited too long. Don't make the mistake uh, I just that's made. That's much better than my conclusion. I like it. Sean stops her. And said, Juliet, I'm sorry for snapping at you earlier today. And there's a real long pause there. Um, And she said, I know. And then leaves. When he walks out, uh, we see see Abigail and he looks stunned. And she goes, are you all right? And he said, why would you ask that? Because you look like you got punched in the stomach and stopped breathing for a couple seconds. Wow, I didn't realize I was that transparent. So there's this whole, he does this really terrible fake out where he's like, Abigail, I'm so sorry. And he's very, very serious. And her face just falls because like she doesn't have any faith in this. Like he's not dependable at all. And he's like, they don't have any butter. What are we going to do? Um, he's like, but the corn is fluffy and popped and well salted. It was good. Well salted. Um, and we have Necco wafers and Toblerone, which Abigail loves. I love Toblerone. Of course you do. It's like a more sophisticated crunch. (laughs) Um, they're at the blueberry at the drive-in and Sean puts her in the passenger seat and then walks around to the driver's side because of course he's driving the blueberry. But Gus reaches up from the back to grab some popcorn and scares the bejesus out of Abigail. And the- Because, you know, they just apprehended a serial killer. Um, it's his car, and it's a company car, and uh, he's very protective of it. We get a, like, a thank you nod smile between Sean and Gus where, like, I... I don't know if it's if it's Sean th- saying, like, thank you for helping me all day today, or if it's Sean saying, like, thank you for helping me protect my heart a little bit. But it's a, it's a very moment of, like, this was planned. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a relationship with one of them, you're in a relationship with both of them. <laughs> oh, I, the, the last of my notes say it's really just a Sean and Gus love story nothing else oh my god (laughs) i didn't write that down but that's totally the vibe (laughs) that's a hundred percent what this entire show is it's a sean and gus love story which is why we're doing this podcast (laughs) because it's a it's a kaylee and alexis love story like it's a real thing (laughs) oh man oh my gosh that scene that last scene that oh my god it i mean it breaks my heart Every it time. It makes me so sick with anxiety. The whole, like, approach and her just, like, trying to, like, stumble through this. And please just let me get this out. Like. It's a whole, it's a whole beautiful thing that doesn't work out. And, of course, you know, it can't work out. Timing is everything. 
I'm just going right. to say that from experience and hardcore belief. <laughs> also, like, there was some really, really close talking, but there was no really, really close talking, like, in the Bounty Hunter episode. No, but there was a little smooch on the cheek. Very sweet. There was. It was so sweet. It was just a very, like, I'm letting you go because it's the right thing to do. So uh, that was the end of season three. Oh, my God. We got repeated buzz. We got a Dobson reference. We got so many pop culture references and true crime references and so much Gus just being the man. <laughs> One pineapple, three guest stars. Yeah, three guest stars. I had to think about it. Yeah. I was like, ah, Abigail counts. No, well, Madeline is a recurring guest star, I guess. Oh, four guest stars, yeah. yeah. Man. Do we see Madeline again after this episode? Yes. Because okay. I think there's a little hanky-panky later on. So I, I, my brain was telling me that was going to happen, but I, I, I kind of remember Sean losing it, but I don't really remember that. I don't remember when that happens. Me neither, but... yeah. I'm sure it happens. Like, we can't both be fantasizing yeah. that that is a plot line. <laughs> okay, we'll just put a pin in that <laughs> and then we'll come back to it. Uh, uh, oh, God. Yes. Okay, so this is the start of a recurring a, a recurring nemesis of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, I'm going to say Mr. Yang is not really the nemesis but it's like it's like a it's like a serial killer concept that that recurs yeah 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 the the yin yang system continues Ooh, yin yang system yeah whatever we do when we do learn more about yang i'm excited to talk a little bit more about you know some of the things that make yang yang and then I do know that there's one yin yang episode that uh rode directs that i also don't love I know you don't. Yeah, but there there's a yeah. lot of like cinematic references and I don't feel like you enjoy those. <laughs> yeah. Like real like really good ones that most people enjoy, I don't catch. <laughs> but uh yeah, great 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 episode. Kaylee texted me this morning and she was like, "I'm so pumped to record." And I was like, "Ooh, can't wait for season 4 episode 1." <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> That's going to be good. Okay, well, because it's an end of a season, we are going to take a little bit of a posting break, and uh, we will catch you guys again in a couple of weeks. Until then, I'm Alexis. My father's name was Mary. His father's name was Mary. And their father before him was named Craig. And I'm Kaylee. Now go ahead and take my taste buds on a fantastical journey. (laughs) And this has been... To the Blueberry! Psycho.